Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and today we are going to be doing something a little bit different. This has been an episode that I've been sort of planning for a while, but there's not much planning involved. So I'm not really sure how that's really going to go. This episode may be a big hit or miss just for me personally, and I just hope you guys like it and enjoy it. But before we get into what we're going to be talking about today, let's talk about where you can find Magic Wazubi. Magic Wazubi is featured on LegitMTG.com. LegitMTG.com is a really awesome source for magic articles and just a lot of content is on there. Um, anything from competitive content, a lot of competitive content, you know, standard modern, a lot of tournament reports are posted up there, a lot of good writers and a lot of cool people on there. And you can also buy magic singles as well on there. The one thing that I've stressed over and over and over again that is really, really cool is any order that's over $2, it has free shipping. And there's a lot of places, a lot of big name places you may go to that they don't really have that exactly. Especially some vendors where, you know, you need a $2 card and, oh, look, you got to pay 2 3 bucks of shipping again. But what's cool is, you know, they're like, for example, with TCG Player, um, how many times have you gone on TCG Player and needed a 50-cent card, but you realize, oh, man, I got to find a, a card that's, you know, I need to find a few more cards, and, you know, you find a few more, and it adds up to $2, but, oh, you still got to pay, like, a dollar in shipping or whatever, but you go to legitmtg.com and you don't even need to worry about that. You buy $2 worth of cards, boom, free shipping. It really helps in the long run. This week's episode is also brought to you by Horizon Datasys, makers of Rollback RX. Do you ever wish you could take your PC back in time and restore to a pristine state? Rollback RX not only allows you to bring your machine back to any point in time, but it's a great way to recover from a bad driver update, viruses, or even a botched installation. Horizon Datasys doesn't tend to discount their product often as they know it's going to save you hundreds of dollars in recovering your PC, but for listeners of Magic with Zuby, they've provided us an exclusive discount. Visit https colon slash slash goo.gl slash capital D I capital B V A capital F for 25% off rollback RX. I will be sure to tweet out that link and even put it on the Facebook as well as no it's already on the website nerdarchetypenetwork.com that's the um little podcast network i've started up with my friend where we have not only magic Wazubi, but we have vcr gaming and also alec who's been on the po podcast before his animeathon podcast is on there which i if you like anime definitely check it out he, him and his wife are really really good together um but anyways rollback rx it's a really cool program if you're in it it's definitely something to look at, you know, bring it up to your manager. Um, if you have a lot of loaner laptops, it's a really good program to take a snapshot of those laptops before you loan them out to people. That way, when they come back, boom, you just restore it back to before they probably most likely messed it up and deleted stuff. So, um, anyways, Magic Wazubi can also be found on not only iTunes, but 
also where else? Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting one. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Yeah, no, that's it. I'm also going to try to get on Spotify. I need to figure that out because out of all the little media players, I really like Spotify. Spotify. I like it more than Pandora, honestly. And I didn't even know Spotify had podcasts on there until a couple weeks ago. So definitely need to get on the Spotify train. Uh, let's see. You can find Magic with Zuby at Magic with Zuby on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Magic with Zuby. And God, I feel like I'm missing something else. Um, oh, yeah. The email. Um, mtgzuby at gmail.com. Feel free to ask me anything on there. I will happily read it on the air. You can ask me anything or any questions or complaints, comments, criticism. You know, I don't care, you know, because I'm trying to constantly improve this cast to make it sound as awesome as possible. So before we begin and begin the main topic, let's talk about what's going on with me. If you heard my previous podcast with Todd Stevens, I have started a new workout routine, and that is waking up butt-ass early in the morning on the weekdays, 4.30 a.m., and going to the gym, getting my ass kicked, and coming home, and then going to work. Uh, I've only done it one week so far, and it's going pretty well. Um, I'm sore as hell, and freaking cat just decided to walk all over my desk while I'm trying to do this podcast because it is a pain in the butt. So ignore that. But um, like I said, the first week it's going well. I, as I've said before, I've been a I was a pretty avid avid gym goer uh, last year, but hurting my shoulder late last year sort of got me out of the game, and I just couldn't really find the motivation. But now I feel like I've got the motivation back. I mean, before I was going in the afternoon and at night to go to the gym, but now I'm waking up four thirty in the morning. Hell yeah. I'm motivated. I want to get this shit done, son. You know, get those gains again. I've put on too much weight, especially holiday weight and then just overall being lazy weight. I've already lost five pounds so far in a week because it's I'm doing a program to where I'm not really trying to build mass. I'm doing a doing a program that's about cutting weight. So I'm doing not only a lot of cardio, but I'm doing a lot of weightlifting to where it's lightweight but a crap ton of reps um so yeah so far it's been really good and geez what else so i went to fnm friday which is of course when fnm happens and i wanted to do some modern but it seems like the lgs i'm attending now they don't they aren't doing modern on fridays anymore and i'm sort of really disenfranchised with standard right now because if you're not playing green white then what are you doing excuse me sorry about that it's i mean i could easily play bant company or bant humans right now but i'm just like i'm really hoping eldritch moon makes things a little bit more exciting but it seems like it probably won't because that new thalia that was spoiled where it's what two colorless and a white and creatures and lands that enter the battlefield tapped your opponent's creatures and lands enter the battlefield tapped and it's really it just seems way too overpowered right now um but i mean who who knows the majority of the set hasn't even been spoiled they spoiled the new emerald cool which is that seems okay i mean 
I mean, definitely the Timmy side of me is like, oh my gosh, I want that. I want that card. But as far as competitive play, eh, I mean, maybe there's a shell for it. We don't know yet. Um, like, like I said, well, they've barely spoiled anything, so I'm not really gonna sit here and talk about it. And let me see. So I did draft on that FNM and drafted the jankiest Jeskai deck imaginable. One of my one of my early picks was Geist of Saint Saint Draft or Saint Taft. Geist of Saint Traft. Oh no 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 no! It wasn't Geist. He's not even in the site. It's Invocation of Saint Traft. And so I thought, okay, let me try to go white blue. The halfway, not really halfway through, but I think during the middle of pack two. I started noticing white was getting a little scarce, but red was wide open. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go white. Or red, I mean. And then red started getting scarce, but white came back open. So it was just a mess. Blue was wide open throughout the entire thing, because blue kind of sucks. If not used properly. So, and on top of this, I'm still trying to get used to this whole waking up at 4.30 a.m. schedule. And I... I've been, yeah, it, it's been tough, especially like five, six o'clock rolls runs. Like I'm ready for bed. Oh man. So I only lasted two rounds of that draft because I was playing absolutely terribly. I felt so bad for my first round opponent. Like I was forgetting triggers. I was forgetting basically how to play. And I'm, I'm just telling the guy, I'm so sorry. Like I'm, I'm really tired, man. I'm, I'm so sorry, man. And I was just making really dumb plays that I shouldn't have. And yeah, it was bad. It was bad for me. And so I went O2 dropped and I just went home and boom, went to sleep right away. So that was the extent of my magic on Friday um, over the weekend, which it's Sunday right now that I'm recording this. And I'm watching the finals of the Star City Games Dallas Open. And it looks like it's Andrew Jessup and Kevin Jones Infect versus Grixis Delver. The since Grixis Delver is one of my favorite decks, I'm kind of hoping that wins. But Andrew Jessup right now, he's oh, it's one and one right now, and it's 35 minutes into the game, so they're about to start game three. So you may hear me randomly interrupt and talk about that. Uh, let's see what else has been going on. Um, been playing, started playing Magic Duels again. Uh, I mean, it's it is what it is. And let me see, where is, where is that thing? No, but, um, so yeah, that's what I've been, it's pretty much what I've been doing this weekend. So let's get on to what I've been wanting to do. Uh, like I said, I've sort of came up with this idea uh, about a week ago and really wanted to, do, I almost wanted to do it the I wanted to release this episode or do this episode before I did the Todd Stevens interview, but I had no time during the week and I set aside time for the Todd Stevens interview to, you know, just, just get that done and out of the way because I, I actually wanted to get that. I actually want to get the Todd Stevens interview out before the Dallas open happened just to, you know, sort of make it release on the right time. So it doesn't sound like we're talking too far into the past if anyone listens to it. So what we are going to do tonight is I bought three booster packs on Friday. I meant to do it earlier. And 
they're, the booster packs are Shadows over Innistrad, Oath of the Gatewatch, and Battle for Zendikar. What we are going to do is I'm going to open up one pack. If if it goes pretty fast, I might do all three packs, but most likely not. I may just do one pack this episode. And this is just going to be an exercise in creativity and also sort of an exercise in budgeting, I guess. I mean, well, it's not really budgeting. It's more of creativity. It's I'm going to open up a pack and I'm going to read off each card. Well, I'm going to do one card at a time. And it's not going to be a thing to where sort of sort of like you hear on other podcasts where, oh, you know, what's your pick one, pack one, pick one. No, we're going to the very first card that I'm going to get, I'm going to try to build a standard deck around it. Now, before you say anything, you're like, oh, this is crazy, Zuby. You're going to build absolute shit decks. That's the point. But the point is, this is sort of an exercise in deck building to be creative about it, to get your mind going to where... You know, when you are actually deck building and you're not just net decking, you sort of understand, okay, so I pull this one card, boom, okay, this goes with it, this goes with it, and try to make it somewhat decent, which most of the time it's not going to be decent, and it's going to be absolute crap. So, like I said, it, they're going to be crap. I have not opened up any of these packs. You can hear the crinkling, hopefully. And so, as soon as I open them up, I'm the the rules are that I'm gonna try to build a deck. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be a full sixty card deck, but at least sort of an idea of what to put in. And the only cards I'm not going to do are lands because if I open up like oh a cinder glade or a drownyard temple, I mean, eh, I, I just feel like there's not much creativity there. So, like I said. Like I said, no lands, and try to build a deck for every card here. So let's get started. You can hear me crinkling the pack, opening it up now. I'm not even going to look at any of the cards. I'm just stop starting with the first one. So the first one is Stitched Mangler, which is a two colorless, one blue. Stitched Mangler enters the battlefield tapped right away. That sucks. Uh, when Stitch Mangler enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls. That creature doesn't untap during its control during its controller's next untap step. Ooh, so right away, I'm getting the idea of we're going to do sort of a blue control right here. So we've got Stitch Mangler, and we're going to put four... Well, yeah, let's do four of them in there. We're going to do four Stitch Manglers. Um, what is it? Sleep? Sleep paralysis. Ah, oh, no, that's that's um, that's pretty pretty expensive. Send a sleep. Reduce send a sleep, which is one colorless, one blue. Instant tap up to two target creatures. If there's spell mastery, if there are two or more instant or and or sorcery cards in your graveyard, those creatures don't untap during their controller's next untap steps. So basically, this is going to be the kind of deck to where you're you're opponents they're gonna get creatures out and you're just gonna tap them all all right you're gonna make sure they don't untap uh i can see this being mono blue just right now e even though it is a zombie horror Zo zombie is not really good tribal piece right now it's a really good deck at all so uh let's see what else i mean heck you could get icefall region as sort of a bigger creature 
where Icefall Regent is the three colorless, two blue. Flying, when Icefall Regent enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls. That creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step for as long as you control Icefall Regent. Spells your opponent's cast that target Icefall Regent costs two more to cast. So I would probably add about two of those. Um, I would probably add some Anticipates as well, just so you get the cards that you want. Um, let me see. I, I'm really thinking more controly stuff. Um, heck, what is it? Brain in a jar? Uh, would brain in a jar be too slow? Because, mm -hmm, I don't know. L let me take a look at some of the other blue cards that could be there. There's probably a lot of other blue cards I'm just not thinking of. Um, you know, dispel would be good for sideboard. Um, Dispel is the counter target instant spell. That's one blue. Um, ch -ch -ch. Ooh. That almost might be decent. Well, not really. Because I'm looking at Essence Flux right now. Essence Flux is a one blue instant that where it exiles target creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. If it's a spirit, put a 1-1 counter on it. I was just thinking bounce it back to tap another creature so it doesn't untap. But since Stitch Mangler enters the battlefield tapped, that's the really big weakness. If this if it didn't come in tapped, it might be playable. But since we have to try to think of something, um, Invasive Surgery for um, Sideboard. Uh, let's see. Um, hold on, I'm just taking a look, taking a look, taking a look. Uh, I'm looking through Cockatrice right now, which is really easy to go. Excuse me. God, I hate when that happens. It happens too much. Um, so... Ooh, this might be good. So since Stitch Mangler is a zombie, compelling deterrence, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, then that player discards a card if you control a zombie. So that sort of fits the theme of what we're trying to do here, the more controlling aspect that we're just going to tap everything here. You know, let's let's add four. Screw it. Um, I think we, I feel like we need more creatures here. You know, Thing in the Ice wouldn't be bad right now thing in the ice wouldn't be bad at all it is a horror you know we're gonna add four of thing in the ice uh would jace friend's prodigy work no not really um horribly awry for sideboard i could see being used um shoot what else i'm thinking of i'm trying to remember cards that tap creatures i already got send to sleep um what else what else what else there's i know there's more that tap creatures um sorry i know there's like dead air but i'm just taking a look here counter target spell claustrophobia that's right i forgot so that was printed in origins claustrophobia is one colorless, two blue, enchant creature. When claustrophobia enters the battlefield, tap enchanted creature. Enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. So, boom. That's def you, that would definitely be a four of. And that. Uh, you know, I would want void shatter for counters. I would want negate for 
sideboard. Void Shatter definitely for mainboard is when I like that better because it exiles. You know, because I mean, while Scatter to the Winds is like the de facto counter spell, I guess in this meta right now, Void Shatter is just better. I can't really see you doing Awakening too much. Um, sing in Final Fantasy while I'm trying to do this. Ooh, here we go. Containment Membrane. This would actually be good because Containment Membrane is two colorless and a blue. It has a surge cost of blue. If you remember, surge is you may cast that cost if you have cast another spell this turn. So Containment Membrane it enchants creature. Enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. The downside to that card, though, is the creature must be tapped. While, I mean, it doesn't have to be. You, you can enchant it anyway, but... If you don't enchant it while it's tapped, it's kind of useless. And that that just makes it like, oh, it just becomes a wall at that point. Um, and maybe uh, let's add two of containment mem membrane. Um, I mean, so far we've got 32 cards in our deck right now. Uh, you'd probably want to do, what, 20... Because this would be more controlling. Maybe 24 islands. Maybe 25. If we did 25 islands, that brings our deck to 57. Um, what could be the last three? Could it be some biggins? Some biggins? I don't know. I mean, right now, the you could do sleep paralysis as like a two of. And like, like I said, I just see this being completely controlling. Um, compelling deterrence. Isn't there a better one drop instant to return target creature? Yeah. Clutch occurrence. Well, let's see. Compelling deterrence is instant. Clutch occurrence is sorcery. Compelling deterrence. No, compelling deterrence would be better in the long run, even though it is too clutch occurrence just is too slow for sorcery speed. Uh, let's see if there's any big, big creatures here that I can try to do. And I don't know. Let's see, five UU roiling waters. No, that would be terrible. Oh no, I got one card. Uh, you know what? Let's do Sphinx of the Final Word, which is five colorless, two U, two blue. Sphinx of the Final Word can't be countered. Flying Hexproof. Instant sorcery spells you control can't be countered by spells or abilities. It's a 5-5. Five, five. Boom. So there you go. 60 card deck. Really terrible. But at least it has this sort of theme to where you're going to be controlly and just tap everything. Boom. Okay. So that's deck number one done. And like I said, like I said, folks, this is the first time I'm doing this and a lot of these are going to be terrible. Next card. Militant Inquisitor. Two colorless and a white militant inquisitor gets plus one plus O for each equipment you control. Um, so it's a human cleric. It's a two three. You know, as much as I hate to say it, you could probably do a green and white. I mean, it's really easy to just make this a hu a white weenie shell right here. You know, because you could add in Thraben Inspector. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to do just humans. I want to add Tireless Tracker because Tireless Tracker is really good. 
Um, the equipments, the equipments. Um, crap, what's that one equipment from OGW? That's sort of like a coat of arms. What is it called? What is it called? Because that would be really good. Um, heck, you could add bone saws. Bone saws wouldn't be bad. I'll just add three of those. Crap, what's that one? Is it Stoneforge? Yeah, Stoneforge Masterwork. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each other creature you control that shares a creature type with it. So basically, you're going to want to go for humans this whole time. I'm going to add four of those. What's that? Oh, what's that one guy from, I think it's Oath of the Gatewatch. It's sort of like a really poor man's, um, poor man's Stoneforge Mystic. I think it was one in a white, was it? Or two in a white? Huh, I'm trying to find it. Not a Serene Steward, no. no. I'm pretty sure it was a human, wasn't it? Hold on, I'm going to find it. Going to find it here. Okay, Stonehaven Outfitter. Equipped creatures you control get plus one, plus one. It is one colorless and a white. Whenever an equipped creature you control dies, draw a card. Yes, that would definitely be a four of, I would put in. Um, so we got Militant Inquisitor, Stonehaven Outfitter, Thraben Inspector, Tireless Tracker. Um, you know, while we're at it. Well, you know, no, I was saying Griff's Boon, but that's an enchantment. I want to go for more equipments here. Uh, the thing is, no, Helm of the Gods would be bad because that's for each enchantment you control. We don't want to do that. What other shard of broken glass? No, I wouldn't want to do that. Heatrum Blade. Whenever a equipped creature becomes blocked by one or more colorless creatures, it gains death touch until end of turn. It does give equipped creature plus one plus one. That's not too bad. I mean, I can see this being a low-to-the-ground type deck, and you'd want to get in there fast. Um, ch -ch -ch. Veteran Sidearm? No, too expensive. Captain's Claws wouldn't be bad, because that produces tokens. You know, let's add Captain's Claws. Um, yeah. Oh, so it looks like Kevin Jones won the Star City Games Dallas Open with Grixis Delver. Good job, man. That's awesome. And he looks pretty happy about it. He ended up beating Infect against Andrew Jessup. So, under your trunk, you may attach. Ooh. That one may not be bad. Stormrider Rig, two colorless, equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach Stormrider Rig to it. So say you got Captain's Claws on something, boom, a 1-1 one, one comes out. Oh, look, you can attach Stormrider Rig to it. We're going to add that. Let's do three of them. So I've got 18 artifacts. Ah, it's a little artifact heavy. Let's get rid of Hedron Blade. I have three bone saws. Bone saws are just so cheap. I've, we're at 16 creatures. I feel like we need a couple more creatures. Let's look at the humans. Here, let's see if there's any good green humans. Stoic Builder, no. Let me go to mana cost. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. Do, 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 do. 
Valorant Wardens. Huh. That one might not be bad. It has it's two colorless and a green, renowned two, to where whenever it deals combat damage, if it isn't renowned, you put two one one counters on it, and whenever a creature you control becomes renowned, draw a card. The thing is you would want to make it unblockable, so you could get rogue's passage to try and make it unblockable. You know, we're gonna have four of them. Like I said, all these decks that I'm making are not meant to be good. This is just a exercise and deck building. And let's see. Like I said, it's really easy just to make this the human shell for like white weenies and all that. I'm trying not to do that. Um, do 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 Knight of Pilgrim's Road too. Now, let's add. You know, we're going to add two of those. We're going to go down to two Valorant Wardens. So, lands would want to be about... Uh, it's more low-to-the-ground type deck. Three is going to try to be my highest cost here. Uh, so, we could try to do 21 lands. Uh... Sorry, when I'm doing shit like this, I just get random songs in my head. We can get... Where is it? Where is it? Mage Ring? No, it's not Mage Ring Network. No, I don't want to add one Westvale Abbey. Let's see here. No, not Ally Encampment. Where is it? Battle... No, not Battlefield Forge. Um, oh, they don't have Green White. And, um, Painlands. Now, I'd want to get Evolving Wilds. No, where's the green-white land? Let's see, Rogue's Passage. Yeah, why not? You know, too many Rogue's Passage. Let's go down to two. Yeah, I was adding a playset. No, too much. I'm just looking for it, looking for it, looking for it. Tranquil Expanse. Let's add three of those. Canopy Vista, that's right. It's completely forgetting the name. Let's talk about love. Alright, so there's gonna be more. So we're gonna add four planes. Let's do five planes. And three forests. So that's 55 cards. Let's take it up a notch with four Knight of the whatever. Two more Valoran Wardens. And you know what? We have three Bone Saws. Actually, yeah, why not? We're going to add one more Bone Saw. So boom, 60 cards right there. That's Militant Inquisitor. So we got Bone Saw, Captain's Claws, Stoneforge, Masterwork. Uh, let me just make it size this up a little bit here all right no it's a little bit too big okay so stoneforge masterwork storm rider rig knight of the pilgrim's road militant inquisitors stonehaven outfitter 
Thraven Inspector, Tyler's Tracker, and Valoran Wardens with 21 lands. So, eh, I mean, not playable, but could be, maybe. Uh, it, it would ha it would be a low-to-the-ground type deck. So, let's go to our next card. Wicker Witch. It is three colorless, an artifact creature, Scarecrow, and it's a 3-1, as vanilla as it could get. Um, what kind of deck could this fit into? Now, with what we have in standard, you could try to make just an artifact deck. Let me take a look at the artifact creatures that are out. I know there's Chief of the Foundry. You know what? You know, add Ruined Servitor for that draw power. Hangerback Walker, yes. Bonded Construct, no. Hedron Crawler, nah. Oh, I feel like you wouldn't need it. Chief of the Foundry, yes. We're doing Artifact Tribal. Guardian Automaton, no. Ooh, Thraben Gargoyle might not be bad, just for defenders. Now let me add the Wicker Witch to the west. Let's talk about love. Uh, oh. Hold on. Let's see here. Um, yeah, well, Juggernaut. Yeah, we could do um, Ram Roller. Ram Roller's three colorless. And Ram Roller attacks each turn if able. Ram Roller gets plus two, plus O, oh, as long as you control another artifact. I see this just being completely colorless here. Oh, and you know what would be perfect with this? One of my favorite creatures that I wish got a little bit more love. Vile Aggregate. Vile Aggregate is two colorless and a red. Devoid Vile Aggregate's power is equal to the number of colorless creatures you control. Has Trample and Ingest. And you know what? I just remembered. We can get Battlefield Forge in here. Get four of those. We can get Declaration in Stone and Sideboard. We can... I mean, if we're going to be adding red, that gives us access to, I would say, Radiant Flames, but, jeez, you'd only really be able to, at most, do two damage with it, and that's not that much. Oh, what else could we do? What else could we do? See, this one is tough. This is the first tough one. Wicker Witch. It's colorless. Um, Jeez, what else could we do, guys? I bet there's probably someone that's listening to this be like, oh, just screaming at the radio, be like, oh, I have this card. You could do this and that. It's like, I wish I could hear you right now, but I can't. As long as you control a dragon. No. Construct, construct, construct. I'm sure there's more. I'm running out of, running out of ideas here. You could have equipments. Haunted cloak could be usable. Um, I'm kind of at a loss with this one. 
is if you're trying to go mainly colorless, why not do like blue-red artifacts? Because I've built blue-red artifact um, deck before. But I'm just thinking, okay, do completely colorless. Uh, let me take a look at the mana cost of what we got here. I may have I may have to skip on to the next one because I'm I'm kind of at a loss right here with this guy, it's with Wicker Witch Wicker Witch of the West. I mean, twenty nine cards. You could probably add twenty three to twenty four lands that bring you close up to sixty. I really only have twenty five creatures right now. Other cards I could think of some burn spells, fiery tempers. Um, I I can't think of much else. Yeah, this this one sort of has me stuck. Suck. All right, we're gonna go to the next one. And the next card is Strength of Arms, which is just one white. Target creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn. If you control an equipment, put a one one white human soldier creature token onto the battlefield. So. This one could easily go into white weenies if you were doing sort of a white weenie budget. This one could also I forgot about I I forgot about this card. So the militant inquisitor deck that we built earlier could easily go strength of arms could easily go in that deck as well. Uh same thing as before, I would want to do maybe green white. I could also do just white mono way altogether get a whole bunch of humans with the artifact with stoneforge masterwork um stonehaven outfitter just get a lot of the equipment creatures just make it an equipment deck there's not a whole lot of artifact hate right now but with declaration stone that would definitely make it a tough one is does declaration just only target creatures yeah it's creatures but Let's see. Yeah, there's not a lot of artifact. I mean, there's Dromoka's Command. Which is only enchantments. Because I know magic really well. So I'm thinking... I'm not going to build a whole deck for Strength of Arms. Because this card would actually go great with the deck we built with Militant Inquisitor. So let's go on to the next card here. You know, I'm, I'm actually happy with that. That... Strength of Arms would go perfect with Militant Inquisitor. Next card. Magmatic Chasm. Creatures without flying can't block this turn. It is one colorless and a red. Magmatic Chasm. Creatures without flying can't block this turn. Creatures without flying can't block this turn. Huh. What could go well with it? Creatures without flying can't block this. And this is really a sideboard card than anything. There's... I mean, I could see this being played in like a black red vampire shell. I mean, if there was a goblin shell right now, it would go perfect in goblins. If there's any kind of mono red aggro, it would go perfect with that. Um, it's really tough to try and build a deck around a sideboard card. 
because I can see this being working well against white weenies or Bant Company or Bant Humans since those are all on the ground. And if you were to try to be as, aggr as aggressive as you could be, this would be the perfect card for you to sideboard in in games two and three. Um, to build a build, I mean, like I said, vampires, black red vampires. Um, there's no goblin. There's really no mono red. Yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna have to go to the next one because, like I said, this is more of a sideboard card than anything. Next card is Crow of Dark Tidings. Two colorless and a black. It is a zombie bird flying. When Crow of Dark Tidings, Tidings enters the battlefield or dies, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. So, let's think here. It's a 2-1, a zombie bird, and when it dies, you mill the top two cards of your library. Zombie bird, what could go well with it? Hmm... Would there be any reason why you'd want to mill yourself? I mean, there's Goblin Dark Dwellers and Jace Friends Prodigy that can get cards back from your graveyard. Um, Do a Grixis-type build, but then you're really only doing Grixis Control with a really terrible card. If... Hmm. Let's see here. When Crow of Dark Tidings enters the battlefield or dies, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Why would you want to put cards into your graveyard? I mean, it's not like Delve is around. If Delve was around still, this I could easily build something with Delve. Um. You know, a Sphinx's tutelage. No, I mean, there'd really be no reason for to make a mill deck around this. Oh, geez, what else could you do? I mean, you can do a zombie tribal with this. I mean, is there any... There's no zombie lords or anything like that. Cause that that's the easiest thing I could think of is building a zombie deck around this. But I don't, there's not even really any good zombies right now. I'm looking, I'm looking, I mean, Relentless Dead, of course. Prized amal Amalgam. Are you, whenever a creature enters the battlefield, if it entered from your graveyard, or you cast it from your return, prize Amalgam from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped at the beginning of the next end step. Ooh. So, Crow of Dark Tidings paired with Prized Amalgam. You mill creature cards. So a blue-black. Alright, we're going to put Prized Amalgam in there. And we're going to do Crow of Dark Tidings. Um, let's stick with the zombie theme here. There's got to be ways to get your card back. Right? There's got to be. So Zombie Centaur. Zombie Dijin. Zombie Giant. Ooh, okay. Diagraph Colossus. Two colorless and a black. Diagraph Colossus enters the battlefield with a 1-1 counter on it for each zombie card in your graveyard. 
Whenever you cast a zombie spell, put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield tapped. Okay, I like where this is going. Um, so, let's see, Liliana would actually be good. Liliana Heretical Healer, maybe a 2 of. Ooh, now would this be good? Liliana's Indignation. It's an X and a black, X, you know, equaling, you know, however many of their lands you tap. Put the top X cards of your library into your graveyard. Target player loses two life for each creature card put into your graveyard this way. Well, yeah, we're going to add two of that in there. Um, Gee, well, no, Seasons Pass, that's green. I feel I feel like there's other cards that you could get that just bring back from your graveyard. I'm just not remembering what else. Oh, Risen Executioner will be good. That's a zombie lord. You may cast Risen Executioner from your graveyard if you pay one more to cast it for each other creature card in your graveyard. Ugh. That sucks. Um, there's Fleshbag Marauder. Wouldn't be bad. Rancid Rats, Marsh Hulk. No. Nantuko Husk. I just don't see it fitting in the shell that well. Um... No, Lamplighter Selhoff wouldn't do very well in here. Ghoulsteed? Well, no, that's really expensive, though. It's five. I mean, you could, but it'd be good for recursion. Uh, Relentless Dead, of course. I'd want that as a four of. But we have Prize Amalgam, which has blue. I'm not finding any any other really good blue zombies. Drunau, Drunau Corpse Trawler. Oh, that's pretty expensive, though. It's four. Doo-doo. Mm -hmm. Cursed Scab. Okay, I, I like this. It's five. When Possessed Scab enters the battlefield, return target instant sorcery or creature card from your graveyard to your hand. I'd do two of those. It'd be pretty terrible, though. I'm trying to think, what other... I mean, yeah, you'd want to do counters, grasp of darkness, um, you know, sunken hollow for the lands, and then the other one, the... not foreboding. Port... Port Town, or... I forgot the other land. I'm just trying to think of other cards that would go well with it. Um, counters, grasp of darkness... Languish wouldn't be bad. I mean, for a board wipe. No, Jay, I don't see Jay's working very well. I don't know. Oh, I'm kind of stuck on the rest. Yeah, that, that's all I got for Crow of Dark Tidings. That, that's a tough one. Okay, here's a rather easier one. A sanguinary mage, which is one colorless and a red. It is a vampire wizard. It has prowess. 
and where prowess is whenever you cast a non-creature spell you get plus one plus one until end of turn that one almost kind of builds itself that one is super easy to think of a deck for it i mean you got sanguinary mage four of in that um abbot of carol keep basically i would build a prowess deck um you know storm chaser mage You name it. Just think of the blue-red prowess shell from the previous standard, and without Monastery Swiss Spear, you get Sanguinary Mage, you get Slip Through Space. Like I said, I would just build a common blue-red prowess shell. Uh, let me pull up my other prowess deck. I th Did I build one during this standard right now? I think I built one in the previous standard. Um, cons through battle for Zendikar. Yes, I did. Okay. So, we wouldn't have treasure cruise. The spells we'd have roast, slip through space, treasure cruise could be replaced with mm, anticipate. Yeah, I could do anticipate. Uh, dispel would still stay. Expedite, yes. Fiery impulse, yes. Teamer battle rage would be replaced with crap what's that other it's that other instant um it's sort of like titan strength but it's not i think it's also one in a red brute strength it gets plus three plus one and trample instead of a scry so then titan strength as well abbott yes jace per now i'd probably get rid of jace uh, Sanguinary Mage, Storm Chaser Mage. Oh God, there's got to be more prowess. What's that one? Oh, shoot. What's its name? Elusive Spellfist? Yes, Elusive Spellfist. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, Elusive spell get, Spellfist gets plus one, plus zero until end of turn and can't be blocked this turn. So yeah, that, that's basically what I do. I would do the Blue-Red Prowess Shell and only have... Damn, 16 creatures. You know what? Let's add in Thing in the Ice, which is a two of. Because you'd be casting so many instant sorceries. Boom, that'll be really easy to flip if you get it out. So yeah, th there we go for Sanguinary Mage, Blue Red Prowess Shell. Fork in the Road. One colorless and a green. Search your library for up to two basic land cards and reveal them. Put one into your hand and the other into your graveyard. Then shuffle your library. Fork in the Road is really, really similar. Well, I was going to say really similar to Nessa's Pilgrimage, but you only put one into your hand and one in the graveyard. What would be good for putting lands in the graveyard? Is there any creature right now that benefits from lands in the graveyard? Now, this is mainly in draft for trying to activate delirium would we want to do a delirium type deck let, let, where's gitrog does gitrog benefit from from lands in your graveyard okay here we go we could do a black green golgari gitrog monster deck 
Gitrog is three colorless, one black, one green, death touch. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice the Gitrog monster unless you sacrifice a land. You may play an additional land on each of your turns. Whenever one or more land cards are put into your graveyard from anywhere, draw a card. So Fork in the Road would really go well in that type of deck. What else would you want to do? I'd, of course, want Tireless Tracker in it. Um, since we're playing lands, why not get Sylvan Advocate as well? Four creatures, Fork in the Road, um, Explosive Vegetation. You could do Nissa's Renewal. I'd basically want to ramp up into lands and make sure we have enough. Um, and after playing Seasons Pass only targets converted mana costs. Right? Seasons Past. Yeah. From his hand, then draw Okay, no, 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 not the Great Aurora. But yeah, could do Seasons Past and Dark Petition for the cards you want. It could be a really crappy Seasons Past deck with Gitrog and Fork in the Road. I'm trying to think what else. That's the only thing I'm thinking of that can benefit from having lands in your graveyard unless you build Delirium. Um... Let's see. I'm going to look up something real quick. All right, let's take a look at all the cards that have Delirium. There's Traverse the Uvenwald. Uvenwald. Uh, Deathcap Cultivator. Eh. Moldgraf Scavenger. Nah. Obsessive Skinner. Nah. I'm not, I'm not going to read off each card. I'm just trying to see if there's anything even good with Delirium right now. And I'm not seeing shit. Pick the Brain? No. To the Slaughter? Eh. Tooth Collector? No. Autumn Gloom? No. An Inexorable Blob? More card type? Eh. Not really that good. Mind Rack Demon? You leave for... Eh. Ops. I'm not seeing shit. Soul Swallower. Stallion of Ashmouth might be on reason. Hound of the Farbogs. Yeah, no, there's nothing else that's good. So no no delirium. It's shit. It's shite. It's shite, motherfuckers. So yeah, that's it for Fork in the Road. I can think of Gitrog. That's all I can think of. Hold on one second. I need some water. Ah. One of the best tastes is water. Mmm. 525,600 minutes. We're going to the next card, and that's Geist Blast. It's two colorless and a red. Alright, I'll stop singing. It's an instant with Geist Blast. Deals two damage to target creature or player. Exa hey, you can also pay two colorless and a blue. Exile Geist Blast from your graveyard. Copy target instant or sorcery. Spell you control, you may choose new targets for the copy. Oh. You know what card I'm thinking of right away? Instantly. Zada. Zada, Heatron Grinder. It's a three colorless and a red. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only Zada, Heatron Grinder, copy that spell for each other creature you control that 
that the spell could target each copy targets a different one of those creatures. So, oh god, you probably a blue red deck again, maybe blue red prowess in a sense, but no sanguinary mage. I probably only have Abbot, Storm Chaser Mage, Zada, and let's see, Abbot, Storm Chaser Mage, Zada. Um, God, I feel like I'm missing one other one. Oh, Elusive Spellfist. So, and then you have about two copies of Zada in there. That all, all the other creatures four of. So, even though it'd be really hard to pull this off because you need a lot of mana. So let's say you have Zada out and Storm Chaser Mage and Abbot of Carol Keep, you know, Prowess and all that. So you already have Geist Blast in your graveyard. You go and... Hold on, so how would it go? You would cast, let's say, Titan Strength targeting Zada. Boom, okay, that triggers on a stack. In response, you also pay two colorless and a blue to exile Geist Blast from your graveyard. And you copy... Copy Titan Strength targeting Zada again. So, and that triggers off Zada again. So you're essentially, so you're essentially putting double Titan strength on all the rest of your guys. So each copy targets a different one. Plus you're activating prowess one, two. Okay. So what did I say? Storm chaser, elusive and Abbott on the battlefield. Two copies of Titan strength is targeting Zada, which triggers his ability twice. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight triggers of prowess, right? I think I'm doing it that right. And that's just a shit ton of damage right there. So that would be really cool. Geist Blast, it, it, it'd be really hard to get the mana for it because one Zada is pretty expensive at four when you're trying to do a blue red prowess shell. Um, and this would be hard to pull off because you would need four mana again. So it could be done, and it'd be pretty freaking hilarious to do it. That That's just the first thing. As soon as I saw that card, that's the first card that popped to mind was Zada. I really wish Zada worked better. There needs to be goblins printed in Kaladesh or something to make Zada just work. Oh, it'd be freaking amazing. I would love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Next card is Griff's Boon which is one white, an enchantment aura, enchant creature, enchanted creature gets plus one plus oh, and has flying. Three colorless and a white, return Griff's boon from your graveyard to the battlefield attached to target creature. Activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery. So this is a reprinted Rancor in a sense, but it gives the creature flying and only gives it plus one. This would be really good, in, and I think it's played even right now in White Weenie. So, I mean, it'd be really easy to build a deck for this. I mean, I could easily build White Weenie humans with Always Watching, Thraven Inspector, um, all the other humans. I can't think of their names. I'd have to look up a deck and easily add Griffspoon. I mean, heck, this deck sort of, this card sort of builds itself. Uh, you can do blue, blue, red, or not blue, red, uh, white, blue humans and add this, uh, white, red humans, you know, you name it, Griffspoon is just really good. It's a really good card and it um it 
heck, it's even it, I I would even use this in boggles on modern. So yeah, that's a really good uncommon card. And like I said, it just put in white human white weenies. Uh, a budget uh, budget humans, and you can even put that in budget humans too. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the next card is magnifying glass. It is three colorless. It's an artifact. You tap it to add a colorless to your mana pool. You can pay four to investigate where you add a clue token. You know, you could easily do clues. Um, let's see. Do blue-green Simic Clues. You know, there's that intro deck that came out. I think it was a... I think it was the blue green intro deck. Let me, let me take a look. SOI intro decks. Yeah, the Shadows Over Innistrad deck list. Where is it? Is this it? No. Is this it? Yeah, so the Unearthed Secrets one, I think, is the is the investigate one. So if you were to buy the intro deck, an intro deck already comes with magnifying glass. Heck, you know, you could spend 10, 15 bucks right now and go and buy the Unearthed Secrets intro deck and boom, you got Simic Secrets right there. And I'm looking at the deck list right now. Ooh, Erdwall Illuminator. One colorless and a blue flying. Whenever you investigate for the first time each turn, investigate an additional time. Boom, two clue tokens right there. Quilled Wolf, I'd get rid of. Stitch, Stitch Mangler, that's the zombie horror from earlier. Uh, Byway Courier, two colorless and a green. Whenever Byway Courier dies, investigate. Gloom Widow, eh, I'd get rid of. It doesn't fit the theme. Oh, this one, Graph Mole. Whenever you sacrifice a ghoul, you gain four, three life. It's two colorless and a green. It's a 2-4. Tireless Tracker, yes, I would get, make that a 4 of. Drown Yard Explorers, it's a little expensive. Three colorless and a blue. When Drown Yard Explorers enters the battlefield, investigate. Uh, here we go, Briarbridge Patrol. Three colorless and a green. Whenever Briarbridge Patrol deals damage to one or more creatures, investigate. At the beginning of each end step, if you've sacrificed three or more clues this turn, you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Ooh, that is good. I would definitely put Drown Yard and Briarbridge in. Uh, Pack Guardian, no. Thornhide Wolves, no. Watcher of the Web, no. Nephilia Moondrakes, no. Yet Press for Answers. Oh, why didn't I think of that card Um, when I was doing the tap deck? I forgot about this one. It's one colorless and a blue. Well, it is a sorcery. Tap target creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Investigate. Boom. There you go. M more clues. Uh, root out. Root out would be more of a sideboard card. I would think two colorless and a green. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Investigate. Yeah, I would put that in sideboard. Uh, gone missing. That's really expensive for an investigate one. Put target permanent on top of its owner's library. Investigate. I would probably take that out. Too too much. Too much. Too much money. No. Too too much mana. Confront the unknown would be a really good investigate. Then target creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn for each clue you control. Yeah, definitely. 
Jace's Scrutiny. Ah, that wouldn't be bad. Uh, Jace's Scrutiny is one colorless and a blue. Target creature gets negative four, negative own to lend a turn, and you investigate. And, yeah, put Magnifying Glass in there. I'd probably maybe put two or three of, just because it's another mana. And so, like I said, I would take the Unearthed Secrets deck and build it out. You know, I, I, I would try to go with the clue theme and just get rid of all the cards that aren't clues and just add more in there. All right. Next card, I think we're getting to the end. Ah, we're at the rare right now. And it is to the slaughter, two colorless and a black. Instant, target player sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. Delirium, if there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard, instead that player sacrifices a creature and a planeswalker. This card I have seen played in some homebrew black-white control decks. That This card could fit well in here. The downside to this kind of card, if you were to play it in black-white control, is you don't get to choose what creature they sacrifice. So if they're playing, you know, green-red ramp... And Green Red Ramp doesn't play a lot of creatures, so this card wouldn't be bad to play to play against Green Red Ramp. But since a lot of the more popular decks, Green White Tokens and Humans and Bant Company, like to go wide, this card doesn't I this card doesn't see much play. So yeah, if anything, if I were playing Black White Control and I wanted to use this card, I would put it in the sideboard more than anything it's a sideboard card through and through i can't see it being main board i mean these this is just my opinion so take it for what you will i'm not going to spend too much time on this card here it's it's average i mean maybe a little bit below average since you don't get to choose there's much better much better kill spells grasp the darkness languish uh, even ruinous path is much better than this all right Next card is our flip card. And, ooh, this is a very good draft card. So, Heir of Falconrith, which is one colorless and a black. It is a vampire. It, when you discard a card, you transform Heir of Falconrith, activate this ability only once each turn. And it, when Heir of Falconrith flips over, it's Heir to the Night. It is a flying 3-2. And it's non-flip side, it is a 2-1. So... Yep, Black Red Vampires, right? There you go. I mean, do I really need to explain what cards to put in? I mean, Black Red Vampires, you find the vampires, you put them in. Find the good vampires, of course. Um, you know, Olivia, Air Falconrith. Um, what are some of the other good vampire cards right now? I mean, we could definitely use more. Let's talk about love. Air uh, Falconrith, of course. Vampire Noble? Nope. Sanger Vampire. That card used to be so good back in the day. Nope. Incorrigible Youths? Nah. Twins of Mars State? now. Rabid Blucks? Bluck, Bluck Sucker. Because I know how to talk. Ghoul Draws Overseer? now. Defiant Broodlord? now. Oh, there's Draina. There's do Draina. That's a vampire, right? Or is it? Isn't Draina a vampire? Um, isn't she? Yeah, she's a legendary vampire. That's right. Yeah, so you put Draina in there, Olivia. 
I mean, I know people have tried to make vampires work before, but it's just, it sucks. Olivia's Bloodsworn wouldn't be bad. Um, yeah, basic black-red vampire shell. Um, oh, looks like we got one more flip card. And if you're thinking it's an Archangel Avison, you're wrong. It's actually a Westvale Abbey. So, Westvale Abbey, I mean, it's a land card. Like I said, I wouldn't be trying to build a deck around land cards, but... Green-white tokens would be perfect for this. It's You can easily get five creatures out, sack it, and flip it. Westvale Abbey, just to read it off, you tap it to add a colorless to your mana pool. You can pay five mana and tap it, pay one life, put a 1-1 one, one white and black human cleric creature token onto the battlefield. You can also pay five and tap it, sacrifice five creatures, transform Westvale Abbey, then untap it. And on the flip side, it is an Ormondal Profane Prince. It is a legendary creature demon. It has flying, lifelink, indestructible, and haste. A 9-7. So that is it for that pack. Um, I kind of enjoyed this, actually. It really tried to get my brain working. There were obviously, yeah, I obviously didn't build decks for every single card. But there's some cards in there that it's just like, oh, this card is perfect for this kind of deck. Like any vampires, um, any kind of humans. I, I did enjoy some of the deck or some of the cards to where it's like, ooh, you know, some of the clues or maybe the human equ equipment one. Uh, the zombie horror, horror one. That was pretty fun. But I don't know. I mean, if you guys liked it, let me know. If I should never do this ever again and you hated this episode completely, let me know. Because I would really enjoy doing this again. Alright, so that is the end of the episode. I figured it would take me a while. It took me a little bit over an hour. Maybe 50 minutes or so. Because I've got two more packs, but I'm not going to do those. I don't want to make this a three-hour episode. But like I said, let me know. Tweet me or email me if you like this kind of thing. I really enjoyed it. It was a really good, um, a really good, um, like creativity deck building type thing. And while I did just use standard cards, it's just a lot easier trying to make standard decks out of these compared to, oh, if I were trying to make modern or legacy, too many cards. And plus, I don't know every single freaking magic card that's ever been made. So, like I said, let me know if you like this. I will do it again. And, yeah, so that's it for the show. And be sure to like us and subscribe to us on iTunes and rate and review us and send me any emails at mtgzuby.com. And have a great night, everybody.